Psalm 146, as we continue our series in the book of Psalms, Psalm number 146, over towards the end of the Psalms, will be our text for today. When I reached the age of 65, the government said I had to sign up for Medicare. So I had insurance from another source, but the warning was, if you do not sign up for Medicare, you will be penalized. And the information given to me was, it's easy, just sign up online. Of course, for me, nothing online is easy. Okay, But I decided I'd give it a try. So I went to the website and I started the process, seemed to be going okay. Then I came to a point where they asked me four questions. Now, I assume these four questions were to check my identity, make sure who I was. And the first went something like this, did you ever live on Town Line Road? I answered, no. Did you ever live on State Street? I said, no. Did you ever drive a 1985 Buick? No. Did you ever drive a 1990 Toyota? No. So I waited a few minutes, and then the computer said, you cannot continue. <laughs> so naturally, I'm thinking, uh, I must have answered one of those questions wrong. I can't remember the name of the road I lived on when I was born, all right? <laughs> but I think I got the rest. Uh, I just don't know. At any rate, can't continue. So a couple days later, I waited to try again. And this time, there were four different questions. And I thought, good, this time it'll work. I answered the four questions, and it said, you cannot continue. So I thought, obviously, I'm doing something wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. John Tremblay is a computer whiz. I will ask him to do my application. So he came and he started and then he said, I think it's about to lock me out. And it did. So <laughs> finally I called the Social Security office in Batavia and they gave me an appointment. I thought, now nah, I'm all set. <laughs> when I arrived, I went to the window, explained my predicament and they said, it's no problem. We will give you a number and there's a computer right over there, and you can do it yourself. Uninspired, I went to their computer, entered the number, began the process, and it said, we will email you a password. It is time sensitive, so you have 15 minutes to enter the password in, and then we can continue. So I walked back over to the window. And I said, they're sending me an email, and my email goes to a computer in Buffalo. And I don't think I can drive to Buffalo and back in 15 minutes. So what do I do now? And the lady said, why don't I do it for you? And I thought to myself, yeah, why don't you? <laughs> so in about 10 minutes, it was all done. I thanked her profusely, and I went... I finally was signed up. A couple days later, I got a bill in the mail. The kind lady who helped me sign up signed me up for the wrong thing. <laughs> At that point, I just said, I give up. I don't know what to do. And my wife called in, and she straightened them out. Uh, 
I am always amazed at the incompetence of government as they make rules, warn you of penalties, and simply cannot accomplish what they expect you to do. In our text today, we see something along the same line as we read through our passage. Now, whoever it was that put together the Jewish hymn book, and that's what the book of Psalms is, it's the Jewish hymn book. Whoever put it together decided that the book would end on a high note. And the last five Psalms were chosen to be praise to God, high praise. No thoughts of human struggle as in the other Psalms. Uh, No thoughts of sin uh, with persecution and with the stresses of life. It was to be all about God, these last five, and His wonderful works. And if you look, you will see all five of the last Psalm begin with the same words, praise the Lord. So let the intensity this morning wake you up. Remember, an orchestra is in tune, ready to play. And the mood is excitement and joy. And all that's left then is for us to sing. It's a song you're supposed to sing. So sing with feeling, sing with vigor, sing with passion. Let's have at it and praise the Lord together. So here we go. Psalm 146, 1. Praise ye the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. David is the author. We aren't told that. We assume it. It sure sounds like David. And he is directing the choir. He was the master musician. And he starts with a Hebrew word, which is translated here into English, praise the Lord. In Hebrew, it is hallel, sing praise, luyah, to God, or here it is twice, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so it begins this psalm actually in the original words, hallelujah, hallelujah, I like that better. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, first to the congregation, praise ye the Lord, hallelujah, you sing it. All right, and then praise the Lord, David writes, oh my soul, talking to himself. Hallelujah, David says, let me feel it, he says, down deep in my soul. Remember, the choir always sings better if the choir director is inspired. And he is inspired as he begins to write this wonderful psalm. Verse 2, while I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have any being. He says, I'm not going to live here on this earth forever, but as long as I do, I will sing praise to God. I do not intend to waste my time with idleness. As long as I can draw breath in, I will exhale it in songs of praise. He has no intention of dying in some lonely sorrow. If my brain can think, he says, if I have any being, if my brain can think, I want to think of God and his wonderful works and all of his gifts to me, all of his mercies, all of his grace, all of his kindness to me. So rest assured, God's love to me will not go unrequited. I will always pour out the love I feel towards God in music and in the high praises of God. Well, David sure is happy this morning, isn't he? 
Yeah, he's charged up, ready to sing. And what is it that makes him so happy? Verse number three. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. He warns us that there is a way to live that will make you unhappy. As a matter of fact, it'll make you depressed and miserable. Here it is. Put not your trust in princes. Now back in those days, government was run by princes and kings. Men in authority. So when David writes, put not your trust in princes, he's saying, don't put your trust in the government. Now you say to me, Eric, he doesn't mean you can't trust the government. Listen carefully to what he says. He says, don't put your trust or your confidence in government. No. Remember verses 1 and 2. Remember? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's all about God. Praise Him. Thank Him. Trust Him. Put your confidence in Him. He is the one this song is all about. So put all your confidence in God, not in government. Let the overwhelming feeling of your heart be, come what may, God will take care of me. No prince, no senator, no representative, no president will ever be able to care for me the way that God cares for me. And so at the end of that verse, he says, put not your trust in man in whom there is no help. No help. Now we know that Adam fell. So he says, don't lean on Adam's sons. He fell, so will his sons. It is the nature of government to be more appearance than reality. To be more promising than performing. More apt to help themselves than to help others. How often have you felt let down? You relied on them, but they failed you. Oh, my friends, not so with God. He tells us the truth. He keeps his promises. He takes care of us. When we're depressed, when we lose our loved one, when we have guilty consciences, when it's time to die, those two words there are going to jump off the page at you. No help. No help. No help. No help when we're depressed. No help when we lose our loved ones. No help when we have a guilty conscience. No help when it's time to die. He says, you remember, there's no help in men. Verse 4. His breath goes forth. He returns to his earth. And that very day his thoughts perish. Here is the feebleness of human government and human nature. All it takes is for our breath to stop. That's it. I have seen people take their last breath and then it's over. 
Bible says the body decays, ashes returns to ashes, dust returns to dust, the body returns from the ground from which it came. And then he says here in the psalm, at that moment, when the breath stops, his thoughts perish. And you may say, well, he was a good governor. He was a good leader. He had good ideas. Be assured, his ideas died with him. There was a famous man who said, government of the people, government by the people, and government for the people. That died with Mr. Lincoln. Another one said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. That died with Mr. Roosevelt. As good and as noble as they might be, they have limited influence which dies with them. And so the conclusion here is no help. No help. Now, my friends, we come to verse 5. Happy. Here's the happy part. Is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. There it is. God never dies. <laughs> God never dies. He's eternal. His ideas continue forever. His words continue forever. His good deeds go on forever. And then he says he's the God of Jacob. Now you remember Jacob got both the birthright and the blessing. Two things. Here's a God that offers those to us, both birthright and blessing. Blessing us before we were born. Covenants, promises. Blessed is he who makes the Lord his God. The phrase, the Lord, is translated in Hebrew, Jehovah. God over all, the Almighty, you can trust Him. You can grab hold of His promises, for they extend not just to you, but to your children, to the next generation. And not just to your children, but to your grandchildren. There is no government that can promise you that. So be happy. God is on the throne. Trust Him. He rules over His kingdom. And remember, with men, no help. No help. Now here is what God can do. Here is how he rules over his kingdom. And I guarantee you it is not a campaign promise. <laughs> it's not an empty guarantee. It's not a photo op. This is what God can do, verse 6, which made heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that there is in, and which keepeth truth forever. I'm amazed when our government thinks they can control the weather. <laughs> yeah, right. God made the heaven. God made the earth, and God made the sea. It proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is wise and powerful, and he can certainly govern his creation. Thank God for his wisdom that overrules the affairs of men. 
and he keeps, he says, truth forever. There's a most precious fact, my friends. God's truth is not situational. It's not whatever's convenient. God doesn't use talking points. If he says this is true, be assured it is true forever. Sometimes I wonder if the government ever tells the truth. But not so with God, verse 7, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looses the prisoner. You never need to feel that God isn't fair. He is supremely just in all of his dealings because he is not a respecter of persons. He's a friend to the downtrodden. He's help to the helpless. And he gives food to hungry people. He feeds both hungry bellies and hungry hearts. His promise is guaranteed in that prayer had he instructed us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And it says he looseth the prisoners. And so as our heavenly king, to us a citizen of his kingdom, he guarantees justice and he guarantees bread and he guarantees freedom. Our government loves to set prisoners free that are criminals and murderers. That's not what God does. There is always justice with God. And he sets free those who are bound in sin. He's the great reformer of men. His is a reformation based on justice. Verse number 8. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. Lord raises them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. Jesus proved that he was Jehovah when he opened the eyes of the blind man by the pool of Siloam and when he healed the eyes of blind Bartimaeus. And he proved that he was Jehovah when he lifted up the bowed down. The woman bowed down who hadn't stood upright for 18 years and the man who hadn't walked for 38 years. And when the heart is darkened, he illuminates it. And when the despairing and despondent and defeated are weighed down with the burden of life, he can lift them up and set their feet on a rock. He is truly a welfare system. And the members of his kingdom fare well under the watchful eye of his government. I like what he says at the very last phrase. The Lord loveth the righteous. If you seek to do right. If you long to be holy. If you hunger to do God's will. God will pour out his love on you. Sometimes in this world we feel like. We're going against the tide. The will of the majority is set against the will of God. Do not feel overwhelmed by that. Know this. God loves the righteous. So 
they'll join with the choir as we're singing the song and sing praises to his name. Our king loves us. Hallelujah, what a great thing for a king to do. Tell me, you ever feel the love flowing from Washington? <laughs> Aren't you glad you have a king who loves you? What a difference, what a difference, what a difference. Verse number nine, the Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked doth he turn upside down. The weakness of human government is that some people fall through the cracks. They go unnoticed and are overlooked. But not in God's kingdom. Strangers, foreigners are preserved and cared for. Orphans and widows are given special attention. So stop and see how complete now and how all-embracing is God's government. The psalmist has made a rather long list here. He mentions the oppressed, the hungry, the prisoners, the blind, the bowed down, the righteous, the strangers, the fatherless, and the widows. All are cared for. All are provided for. Whatever your lot, whatever your situation, He has included you in His watchful domain. Hallelujah. What kind of a ruler, what kind of a benevolent despot is God? What a good king is our God. But he says here, the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. He will not allow the plans of the wicked to prosper. Oh, for a government like that, huh? What a king he is. What a ruler. What a God we have. So let's finish it in verse 10. The Lord shall reign forever, even I, God, O Zion, unto all generations, Praise ye the Lord. Our king, he says, is never going to die. He is never going to lose his crown by force. He'll never abdicate. His throne is forever. And Zion is his city where his people will worship him forever. So as he says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah, oh my friends. We are told that someday the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. What a day it will be when all government is turned over into the hands of King Jesus. So don't be discouraged. Don't be depressed. As the psalm writer says in man's government, no help, no help. In God's government, a complete list of those who need his care, all faithfully recorded in this psalm. Hallelujah. Rest assured that God will take care of his own. Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the encouragement your word gives us as it calls us to have faith and to believe and to look higher and to know that we are part of a kingdom that will someday expand over the whole world. We want to be part of your kingdom. And so we pray that right here in East Shelby, thy kingdom will come. And your kingdom will come into our hearts. 
Your kingdom will reach out to those who are in need and you will bring help to the helpless. We know that there is no help other places, but we trust you completely. Put our confidence in you. Help us to live confidently knowing that our King is King Jesus. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn your hymn book, if you will, to hymn number 13, standing as we sing, O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Standing as we will, page number 13 in your hymn books, O God, our help in ages past. Page number 13. come to you when the world fails us, when all of those around us in power struggle, when those of the sons of Adam fail, we know that we can trust you and that you are sure and forever and what you say is yea and amen, what you have promised will be true. Each of your promises will always come true. We are thankful that we can trust in you and that we do not have to put our trust in mankind. We pray that our hearts would lay squarely upon those things, upon those choices and that knowledge, and may we go into the world and tell others of the joy that we have and say hallelujah, for the Lord is an amazing God. We are thankful for that we pray that we would say those things, protect us and be with us, bring us back safely to this place. Watch over us, Lord, we pray throughout this week. May we have praise on our lips throughout this week. We ask for all these things.